and welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season three, episode eight, Whisper to a Scream. And Kelsey, will you please read us the YouTube episode summary? Sure can. All right. It is not. uh, It's kind of long. Okay. (laughs) Ellie is facing some stresses in her life. Her soldier father has just been shipped overseas, to which her alcoholic mother does not react well. She has an interview for what she considers her dream co-op job working for Caitlin at the radio station doing stories on social causes, but she's up against perfect page for the sole physician. These stresses end up having a physical manifestation, which Ellie, ashamed, feels she needs to hide. Ellie gets an unexpected source of support. Meanwhile, Terry has been receiving roses from a secret admirer. She suspects it's Toby, but really is hoping it's Shy Rick. So, okay, lots of things. First of all, that second sentence is not grammar. Um, it's not a radio station. It's a television station. Um, fuck everything. I also don't like the Shy Rick <laughs> modification. But yeah, it, yeah, there are a lot of errors in there. Although I was impressed with one of the sentences that very pointedly avoided ending on a preposition but about that's about all where my like impressiveness ended well you know you you are a grammar fiend so all right holland can you please tell us a little bit about the song title or episode whatever yeah the song title that the episode is named after it's whisper to a scream in parentheses birds fly uh, which was released in 1983 by a new wave band called The Icicle Works. I literally had never heard this song until today when I was researching what it was named after. And it's just kind of like a standard new wavy song. I tried looking at the lyrics and I couldn't tell if they were Jesus-y or just like kind of weird. I don't know. I didn't really draw many connections to the episode as a whole. Yeah, I actually, I don't know the song at all, so when I listen to this episode later and you put the song underneath it, I'll be like, oh, okay, that's what that is. <laughs> but I also, I don't listen to, like, New Wave, so I don't know. Um, I was not alive in the 80s. Uh, so should we just dive right in? Because my first note is, I sometimes forget Canada has an army. <laughs> Same. Um, but I feel like the army outfit that her dad was wearing was super fake and very TV wardrobe because it was literally like standard issue camo with a little Canadian flag on the sleeve. Yeah, no, that's not real. That's that's not a real thing, right? I got, I don't know. It like and it was like really dark camo. Like the war that we were fighting at the time was all in the desert, and he was <laughs> dressed for Vietnam. So I don't really know. Yeah. It was not super believable, but whatever. Her dad is leaving to go off to a war. I can only assume he was going to Afghanistan, but he was not dressed for the occasion, as we noted. And so she and her mom are there to see him off, and Ellie's very sad about it, and her mom is very tense and not happy about it, and like right off the bat just starts calling Ellie Eleanor, and I don't like her. No, me neither. She's real bitchy. Um, but she looks super familiar. I'm, I'm going to IMDb that actress later because I feel like I've definitely seen her and stuff. Or it might just be me remembering her on Degrassi <laughs> from so long ago. My brain's just confused. But yeah, I did I did not care for the way she treated Ellie. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a lot, and ugh, I don't know. It's just it's sad, and Ellie's sad. I don't know. It's a very sad episode for Ellie. Um, so after they see him off, the credits roll, and then Ashley and Ellie are walking down some kind of hallway outside, and talking about co-op jobs and how Ellie really wants to get the job at Caitlin's show. But she's up against Paige. But Ashley's being like very surprisingly supportive and like not even really talking about her own co-op job. Like Ellie's the one who mentions like, I can't believe you. Or she, actually, I don't even think anyone mentions her job until they get to school. But Ashley's like, don't worry, you're totally going to get it. Paige has nothing on you. She just cares about like social settings, not social issues. Like you'll be fine. And she's actually making, like, valid points. Like, Ellie is involved in, like, social justice. And Paige, like, actually says, I want to be on TV. So, <laughs> you know, Ashley's making a valid point. Even if she is making fun of her oldest friend. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, like, still good-natured, even though she's making fun of her. Also, I feel like she and Ellie share, like, a closer bond than Ashley and Paige do. Like, Ashley and Paige are friends because they've been friends for so long, but... Ellie and she were friends like when Ashley was going through a hard time. So I don't know. But anyway, they get to school and then we learn the B plot is that Terry has a secret admirer. Someone is leaving her roses on her locker and she really wants it to be Rick. So this is the first time we see Rick on the show. And literally every time he came on the screen, Kelsey and I were just like, ugh. Greasy garbage monster, um, but whatever, fine, yeah. But Terry looks so pretty. I just, it's nice to have her back, even though you know, who knows how long that's gonna be for. But it's nice to have her like actually featured in the episode as a full B plot by herself, not as a supporting character. That's very true. I was glad to have her back. Um, so that's what's going on with her, and then we're back into the cafeteria, and Ellie is at lunch with Marco. And she's very nervous about her interview that day. And Marco's like, you're going to be fine. And then gets very distracted when Dylan, like, takes off his sweatshirt. And he's like, mama mia. And, like, walks over and stalks Dylan, which I'm just kind of, like, same. Yeah, no, my, my note was Dylan is so dreamy. Because <laughs> he is. Um, can we talk about fashion for a minute? Okay, so I love Ellie's, all of her outfits, basically. So I just want to, like, run down my favorites. Um... I would currently wear her outfit in the first scene where she's wearing like that lace shirt with the leather vest. I'm on board for it. Um, her bright pink and black striped sleeves in like one of the shorter scenes is like just so like of that time emo kid. Like I definitely owned a shirt just like that and it's incredible. Um, I also like her camo outfit um, on board for it. She's wearing these like weird star leggings at one point while she's like lying on the floor, but I like it. And I like her interview outfit before Paige spills all over it, which is like the the like plaid skirt with the white shirt and it's like looks school girly, but it's like covered in buckles inexplicably, which was also very like hot topic of that time <laughs> period. Um so I'm super on board for basically everything Ellie does in this episode fashion-wise. Yeah, she is straight out of a Hot Topic catalog, if those existed. And also, I just wanted to point out the, like, lacy pink and black choker she was wearing in the first scene. I was also a fan of that. 
I was not the biggest fan of her buckle shirt, but mainly because it just looked very uncomfortable. Um, Ashley's jean jacket is back, which I was a fan of. Also back, Terry's stupid stripy shirt she, or skirt. She needs to stop wearing that. I hate that skirt. Um, Manny has a new crazy taxi cab <laughs> driver hat that's really puffy. Um, and I love Paige's business lady yeah. outfit, including the fake horn rims glasses that she bought out of Claire's. Like, crazy. Just like, it's, it's just crazy looking. I also want to point out that Manny's hat is a knit crazy crab driver hat, um, but it still ends up being like the poofiest thing in the world. Um, also, Ellie's like yellow rain jacket to cover up her stain was kind of sad, but I also kind of liked it at, at the same time. And that's really it. Everyone else is kind of dressing like themselves. But yeah, no, any anytime we can like feature a bunch of different Ellie outfit changes, I am here for it. Indeed. She had so many outfit changes this episode. Um, so they're in the cafeteria, and once Marco, like, swoons away over to Dylan, uh, Ashley and Paige come over to the table. I believe it's Ashley. But Paige is talking about the interview and how she's, like, really excited about it, and all she wants to do is be on TV. And Ellie's like, that's not really what this internship would be, or co-op job, like, whatever the fuck it's called. And... Then they get papers from Miss Sovade they need to fill out. And Paige is like grabby over what Ellie's writing. And then she gets juice spilled on her. And it's a very dramatic moment. And she like, it was probably an accident, but she makes a face like, I don't care. So I'm like, of course, this is like typical Paige, but whatever. So Ellie likes kind of storms off and like tries to like clean herself in the bathroom and it's it definitely doesn't work because she goes to the interview with like a yellow rain jacket buttoned up to her chin. Yes, and she's already so she's already very frazzled and she's very nervous anyway because this is like her dream internship, but she goes in on the interview and Caitlin is such a great interviewer and like tries to make her feel as comfortable as possible but I'm also just like Ellie have like a little confidence in yourself you literally work on a newspaper like Paige doesn't do anything except for spirit squad you're obviously way more qualified for this job than she is yeah but I feel like once you're like in sort of like a high school social hierarchy and you're used to one person always getting their way and you never getting your way I understand her like being like, I don't deserve it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I felt so bad for this whole scene. I was like, oh, Ellie. And she's like getting makeup all over her face and it's a whole thing. But Caitlin is a magical human and makes her feel better. So that's good. Um, And then we're back with Terry and Hazel who like, you never see them have their own B-plot. This is a little exciting. <laughs> like I kind of enjoyed all of it. Plus, like, Hazel is never featured and neither is Terry. They're always, like, supporting characters and it's a huge bummer. Um, so to have them, like, be their own thing is really nice. And it's like, oh, you guys can function without Paige or Ashley. This is new. Um, so, yeah, they're, like, walking out of the school and they're talking about, like, Terry's secret admirer. And she's like, oh, I want it to be Rick, but I don't know. And Hazel's like, you need to just ask him out. And she's like, no, I can't. And then... um. And then, like, Hazel, like, calls Manny over, and she's like, Manny, would you ask a guy out? And she's like, I don't know, is he single? And 
they were like, yeah. And she's like, yes, life's too short. And she's like mooning over Craig, who is not single. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Whatever. Keep it in your pants. Um, so, yeah. Um, but then fucking Toby walks over and he's gross as hell. <laughs> and he's like hitting on Terry in like this big, like weird, creepy, like, I don't know, am I kind of way. And I just hate his gross face. I just hate it. I don't even know if he's – I mean, we learn later he's not hitting on her, but he just, like, comes over and he's like, hello, Clarice. Like, do you know what I'm thinking? I think you do. It's so creepy. And we, like, learn why he does it later, but it's still creepy even when you know the reason behind it. It's so fucking dumb and weird, and Toby is just a gross, slimy potato in this episode. He is. That's a good call. Um. Also, Manny was like – Toby, stop being weird. And I was like, <laughs> lols. Yes, thank you, Manny, for your candor. Um, but so then after that, uh, Ellie goes home after school, and her mom is like passed out on the couch because she's been drinking. And Ellie's trying to tell her about her day and how it was awful, and she tries to give her mom food, and that doesn't really work out. And it's just very sad like, Ellie needs a parent right now, and the one that she has is very checked out and is an alcoholic, and it's not the best situation in the world, which is what leads to her. Once um, she goes into her room, she hears her mom throwing up, and then, like, her pencils and math materials fall over, and then this is when she begins to cut herself, and it's very, it's pretty tough to watch. It's hard. They they don't hold back in this scene at all, which I can really um respect and appreciate. And it's, you know, it's something that a lot of, you know, people that, like, I don't know about a lot. I don't know. I don't know, like, statistics. But it's, like, it's a thing that, like, you know, people go through, especially if they, like, don't know how to deal with, you know, any sort of mental health issues or just, you know, anything like that. And, it's, you know, self-harm is, like, it's a big thing to tackle, and Degrassi likes to tackle big things, and I think they do a pretty okay job of it. And it's not, like, awesome, but, like, you know, I think they, they do fine. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job. And I remember this episode very well. Like, it's it's one of the episodes that sticks with you after you watch it. Um, so after this scene, it's the next day at school. Uh, Paige and Ellie and everyone are in class, and then... The counselor comes in and pulls them aside and lets them know that Ellie got the co-op job. Yay. And Paige does not take rejection well. First, she gives like a very snide look, which I'm pretty sure is a gift that we have used before on our Twitter page in reaction to something. And then I can't remember what she says, but do you remember what she says to her? Yeah, she basically says like, well, I guess she really did feel sorry for you. And I love that like... Paige does not, like, even, like, show up on Ellie's radar ever unless it's, like, she's in direct competition with her. Because she says that, and Ellie's just smiling. She does not give a shit. <laughs> she, like, does not care about Paige, and I love that. Yes, it was great. It was a nice triumphant moment for Ellie. Um, and then we are back to Sacred Admirer line. And then I think Toby's creepy again and, like, accosts uh, Terry in the hallway, and she's like, stop talking to me like this. Um, and that's like the scene. I don't really know. I just know in my notes something Terry related happened here. 
Yeah, she's like just walking with Ashley, and Ashley's like making jokes, like, you're going to be my new stepsister in law. And I'm like, ew. And Terry's like, ew. And then Toby's like, hey. And she's like, fuck everything. And I'm like, same. And then they take like the long way to music class or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Oh, did we mention that Ashley's co op job is at a record label? Because of course it is. I feel like I almost touched on it, but yes, of course it's at a record label. Like, only Ashley or Craig would get that kind of a job, but whatever. Um, so then, but then we go to Ellie's co-op job with her. And then we get some, like, <laughs> weird, like, boxy transitions showing, like, her working montage. And then when she goes home and it's, like, very weird and something Degrassi has never done before. And I was, we were both very confused by it. <laughs> It is the weirdest piece of television I've ever seen in my life. Because the scenes themselves, not weird. Like, you know, it's like juxtapositions of like her at home with her mom and and like her cutting and then her at work, but doing great at work and like interviewing interesting people. All the scenes, perfectly good. But weird boxes, I don't, like weird fucking transitions, I don't understand it at all. It was like just jarring. Like I could not get into like, what was happening at all. I was like, I get that you're trying to do a lot at once, but this is crazy. There was also this like sad girl with a guitar song playing uh, while all this was happening that I believe was called I Don't Want to Be Me, which was just so, just so emo. <laughs> it was just so on the nose too. It was like weirdly narrating her. Like at one point it was like, and I run and Ellie's like running to class. I'm like this needs to stop. I hate this. Also, Ellie's run is super weird. She's a weird runner. <laughs> super weird run. Um, but also she was wearing boots and a skirt. So I'm like, girl, I get it. But yeah, so Ellie's late to school and apparently she's been late a bunch of times. And the receptionist is being weird and petty to a child and I'm not on board for it. Like as a person who was late most days to high school, like the guy who took care of like kids who were late all the time was just like kind of snarky about it. And he'd like give us shit, but it, he wasn't like refusing to hand over the paper and like being a weird asshole about it. Yeah, that office aide was an asshole. I don't know what she was doing. And it stressed Ellie out even more to the point where she went to the bathroom at school and felt the need to harm herself again. But while this was happening, Paige walks in and is kind of oblivious to what's happening at first, but then she sees that Ellie is bleeding. And then she gets very, very concerned, which I appreciate that Paige is a very, she's a good concerned friend. When she knows her friend is in trouble, she tries to help like almost immediately, even if they're not even that close or they're not really getting along. I have issues with this <laughs> um, because eventually Paige is a good friend. But at first, here's the thing. In... My experience is people who self-harm, like, people want to get involved for some reason, like, in weird, like, overbearing ways because they, like, want, like, like it's, it's her problem, but they want to make it, like, their own problem. It's fucking weird. It's just this weird thing, and I've, like, never seen it with any other situation. It's just, like, people being, like, you're doing this thing to yourself, and it's, like, they make it about them somehow because they're so concerned for you. It's weird and gross and it's what Paige is doing and she's being like really overbearing about it 
Um, yeah, no, it's like it's just something that like really annoys me and eventually she's good, but at first she's like yelling at her about it. I've noticed that too. Like people get mad about it. I just don't fucking get it. But yeah, she's like yelling at her about it and she like just needs to back the fuck off. But eventually she does the right thing and she like is like gentle with her because that's the thing. She wasn't like gentle. She was like accosting her and then she went to Miss Sobe like without her. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it wasn't, she didn't handle it very well at first, which I think can be chalked up to when people don't really understand something, they don't exactly react in the best way at first. Like she gets angry because she probably just doesn't understand it. And she goes to Miss Sobe because she probably doesn't understand it. And she wanted to ask her advice on how to handle it or how to like talk to her friend about this because she obviously has no idea what's going on with it, which I think is, I think it's fine that she went to Miss Sobe about it, especially if she didn't really know what to do. I think if you have a friend that's in trouble, asking somebody for help is better than not doing anything about it at all. But yeah, she was, she came on very strong at first. It was a lot. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Just like, it's, it's like people not understanding something and instead of being like, helpful and empathetic they're like lashing out weirdly as like a way to help you like to shock you I don't I don't fucking know (laughs) yeah um so that happened she like confronts her in the bathroom and Ellie um freaks out about or she's like it's fine I hit my arm on a thing and then later she's walking down the hallway and she sees that Paige has an appointment to talk about her friend with Miss Sauve, and she's like, oh, really? Which friend? Like, you don't understand, da 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 And then Paige is like, please, like, help me understand. Like, show me your arm and you're not okay. And it's a very dramatic scene. I'm probably not doing it justice right now. But it's, like, one of those scenes that I think that, like, that sticks out in Degrassi, um, where Ellie finally shows Paige all of her scars, and it's very troubling and very sad. And it finally kind of lets Ellie open up a little bit more to Paige and Paige can be a little bit more gentle. And she's like, you need to talk about this. Like maybe not with me, but with a counselor, like you just need to take that first step. Yeah. It's, it, it ends up being for the best and she ends up like being a good friend to her and it's what Ellie needs because you know, I guess we'll just go throughout the rest of the storyline. At the end, she does end up going to the guidance counselor and they're talking and like, well, she isn't talking, but she at least admitted what her problem was. And she's like, well, you know, you can come back tomorrow and it's good that you're here because you at least are recognizing that talking is better than cutting. And so hopefully she's going to get the help that she needs. Yeah, especially because she doesn't really have anybody else at home to talk to because her mom is... One of the factors leading to her cutting. But yes, it's good that she she's taken the first step. She's admitted that she has a problem. And that's all that matters. So that's where that storyline ends. Um, backtracking slightly to the B-plot. Finally, Toby is like creepy and out. Like, hello, Clarice again to Terry. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you talking to me like this? And he's like... I'm doing a report on ESP and Ashley told me you're a psychic, but I've been testing you and it's wrong. And I'm like, how is that testing her? Also, I don't understand why saying hello, Clarice has anything to do with psychic. Because isn't that from Silence of the Lambs? Like, that's like a cannibal 
horror movie. Yes? I don't remember any ESP being in that movie. Is that what he's saying? Because I thought so too, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) He's not Hannibal Lecter. I mean, he's kind of acting like he could be (laughs) Hannibal Lecter. Like, if it came out... Like in like a reunion episode that Toby was storing bodies in his basement and like taking off their skin and wearing them. I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Oh, he was so creepy in this episode. And then so then she's like, wait, you're not my secret admirer. And he's like, ha, you wish. And I was like, nobody would wish for that. And he walks away. And then, like, the next morning, Terry finally catches Rick putting a rose on her, her locker. And he's, she's like, I've been here for hours. Like, you're a hard person to catch. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so shy. And she's like, so am I. They, like, walk down the hallway together with the rose. And it would, like, maybe be cute. But Rick is Rick is gross even without really knowing what happens with him later. He's, like, too gross, like, nice guy nastiness. See, I was like, I hate that I was like charmed by him at the end. I was like, ugh, this is like a thing that I would be like, okay, like, I mean, he's like weird and greasy, but like, <laughs> my dating history has proved that that is not a thing I'm against. So <laughs> I just, I'm like, ugh, I don't, like, I'm like oddly charmed by him, and it makes me really nauseous because he is a garbage human. He is a monster. But we don't really know that yet. Although I think in the next couple of episodes, we will for sure know that. But whatever. Um, so that's the episode. That's where it ends. And I guess we can just go into some grapevine stuff. Oh, do you want to do Oh, God. Stuff? Damn. Just kidding. We have to go into our normal segments. <laughs> so um, Spirit Squad Captain, I'm going to go with Ellie. For obvious reasons. I mean, she's she's going through a hard time, but at the end, she, like, seeks out help. I mean, it's with the help of Paige, so I guess we can, like, make Paige assistant captain. But mostly Ellie. She's going through some stuff, but she still, like, keeps it together for work, and she gets, like, her dream co-op job, and she's doing awesome there. So, you know, even though she's not necessarily handling her hardships in the most productive way and it's actually hugely destructive she's at least getting help at the end so pretty quick turnaround i agree with that i was gonna say ellie too for basically all of those reasons ship of the episode i really i'm gonna go with marco and dylan just for that one little moment in the cafeteria because i really cannot bring myself to make terry and rick a ship of any episode ever so dylan and marco they're adorable and still their love is still blossoming. And it is pure and wonderful <laughs> and only there for a second, but I'm also going to go with it. Um, maybe also like Ellie and Paige as friends. I'm going to ship that. I'm on board for that too. Um, moral, don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. Yeah. Or don't be afraid to to accept help. Yeah, definitely that. I mean, don't self-harm. Uh, you know, there are other ways that you can deal with your problems um, by talking to people or I, I'm not a therapist. Talk to a therapist and they can give you help on that sort of thing. Um, if you are actually looking for advice, yeah, no, please go see a therapist. Also, I... Um, Highly would recommend keeping like a rubber band or something on your wrist 
And when you're feeling like anxiety or anger or whatever, just like snap the rubber band and you'll feel better. And you still like it's it's a weird trick that like therapists use. Yes, which I believe we actually see with Ellie later on in the show. So, yes, yes to all of those morals. So now let's get into YouTube comments. We've gotten many tweets about how we keep forgetting to do this. And I it's we've just it's totally slipped our minds and we apologize for that. But we're going to get back into it because we also enjoy it very much. So we have two to pick from today. Kelsey, would you like to read the first one? Yes, absolutely. It's uh, from Cameron Freeman one month ago. And it just says, all caps, Rick, no, sit down, which <laughs> same. Same. Just don't just just don't get involved. And then we have another one from Alicia Hill four weeks ago. And it just said, it's a nice observation. It says, did anyone else notice that the counselor only had two buttons of her shirt buttoned, leaving the rest of it completely open? And I just thought that was kind of funny because I don't, I did not notice that. Me neither, but all right, cool. <laughs> um, So we have some grapevine stuff. Yay, grapevine. Uh, Holland, do you want to read the email? Yes, we have another email from Thomas Sparks, and this one's pretty short, and it is a Degrassi fuck, Mary kill for us, um, and it is between Craig, Sean, and Jimmy. Um, I feel like I know exactly what each of our answers are going to be, but you can go first. Um, okay, so it's hmm, fuck, Mary kill. Okay, so... Actually, no, I think this answer might surprise you. So, marry Jimmy, fuck Craig, kill Sean. That did surprise me. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go marry Sean, fuck Craig, kill Jimmy. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, no, I, I, I had a feeling it would surprise you, but I like we got this email a little while ago and had been thinking about it for a while. So I was like, no, I think I have this figured out. Yeah, I, I think I got it figured out. I, I just, I can't see Craig as like a healthy long-term choice Mm-mm. at all, but also like humana humana. <laughs> and then Sean doesn't do a lot for me. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But like... Jimmy's cute. Jimmy's successful. Jimmy has his shit together. Like, you know, he goes through some hardships when he's adjusting to the wheelchair thing. But even (laughs) that, he, like, kind of, like, does well with right away. He is an artist. He's a musician. He is an athlete. He's kind of the best person on this show. Except for when he's calling people sluts and being kind of annoying. And I feel like we're also... I don't know, but I think once he is, like is first in his wheelchair he's really whiny about it which like understandable but it's also like let's move on please but I don't know I also think you might just want to marry Drake I also just want to marry Drake (laughs) but like I mean but also like I'm not gonna marry him when he's like whiny and 16 like when he's like an adult and like a fully functioning human You know, at one point, he has a weird t-shirt selling business. Like, I'm on board for Jimmy 24-7. I always forget about that random (laughs) t-shirt business storyline. So bizarre. All right. But we have a tweet from Trisha at TB, Trisha, T-E-E. 
And it's actually clarifying um, from when, from the last episode we did why Wheels' last name or why his nickname is Wheels. And she says, in the original Degrassi, he was known as Wheels because his last name was Wheeler. And then in the end of the series, he killed the kid at the end of the movie, which I believe is like the like the movie ended everything, which I get like I kind of I get that his his nickname is Wheels. Like it came before the car accident, but I still stand by my statement that it's now inappropriate. Yeah. Also, ironic as hell. I just <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So. Thank you. Um, and if you guys want to send us emails, you can email us whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. And also you can tweet at us at Degrassi Pod. We also have a Tumblr, whatever it takes podcast.tumblr.com. And we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, we would like it if you rated and reviewed us because then we can like read a fan fiction about you that we make up in our brains and it'll be delightful. <laughs> Yes, listen to the last episode where we made up a great one for Cody about her and Ellie, and it was magical and wonderful. And we want to make more of those, so leave us a review, please. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HollandTacular. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at KelSucks with a Z at the end. Um, and Holland, what would you like to recommend to the good Panthers out there? I, my recommendation is going to make me sound like an asshole because it's Hamilton related. And I just saw Hamilton this week because I got extremely lucky. And I'm just going to recommend the soundtrack because it's amazing and wonderful. And almost like seeing the play if like you aren't living in New York and have like a billion dollars or connections. So I'm just going to recommend the Hamilton soundtrack. I am still seething with jealousy that you got to go see it for free for your job. That is bullshit and I'm furious. Um, I have already recommended this band, but their new album just came out and I just got tickets to their show in November. So I'm like really, really jazzed. Um, but the band is AJJ and their new album is called The Bible 2. And it's awesome and perfect and amazing, just like everything else they do. They're just, uh, they're just, I have so many emotions about AJJ. But yeah. The Bible, too, is great. All right. Well, I think that about does it for us. Uh, bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers.